You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Friday, November 27th, and let's cut to the chase. We've got a lot to talk about because not only was the game moved, as we talked about yesterday in the emergency update version of the podcast, but now we know Lamar Jackson is has tested positive for COVID-19. We're going to get break into all that. Um, And then after that, we're going to bring in Jenna Harner. We've done a whole show with her. Um, and uh, you'll hear some of some, some of the things we talked about, just the implications of this game. We'll pick all the Week 12 games and, of course, give our, our final score predictions at the end of the show for Steelers versus Ravens. All that here for you today on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, so this is going to be sort of an irregular show. Now, to pull the curtain back here, uh, Jenna Harner was very nice of a, nice of her to come on and do the show with us. You know, of course, when we record the shows for Friday, they're recorded on Thursdays, and Thursday was Thanksgiving. Well, Jenna was, was working really hard at Channel 11. She eked out some time for us to do the show together, um, but... You know, we tried to knock it out early enough in the evening so that she could finish what she did and go home and enjoy the rest of her night. But in the process of doing that, the news that Lamar Jackson is out for this this game because of COVID-19, that broke like towards the end of the show. So you will hear that at the end of the show with the final segment. Um, and we did a full show. But this first segment is going to be me by myself so that um, you guys can hear that part, portion of it. The rest of the show would be, uh, you know, you got to understand it was recorded before we knew about Lamar Jackson, and you'll even hear us li- literally react to it live on air uh, at, you know, when it when then that news came out. So um, all that being said, please understand that, you know, some editing uh, updates here. But the bottom line is, to cut to the chase, Lamar Jackson has tested positive for COVID-19. At this point in time, he is the ninth Raven to be on the list on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, Adam Schefter said there are a total of four more players that were added to it. If he's one of those four, that means maybe three more are going on the list. The Ravens continue to pile up players on this list. Um, as we'll talk about later in the show, there's a lot of important players on this list. But with Lamar Jackson testing positive for COVID-19, this puts this game in a very different light now uh if you follow me on twitter and if you follow kevin ostriker on twitter who we had on for crossover wednesday this week uh again kevin ostriker the host of locked on ravens he tweeted out wednesday afternoon that he got a source that said lamar jackson was one of the players that tested positive or that they feared was going to test positive and it makes sense when you think two running backs tested positive two centers tested positive who does the quarterback hand the ball off to the most or get the ball from the most? The centers and the running backs. So it seemed kind of predictable. So with, with this, this means that RG3 is going to be in there at quarterback. Trace McSorley, the team's third-string quarterback, uh, he has already been on the COVID-19 list, so he's going to be unavailable. Um, lots of concerns here. Lots of uh, problems that the Ravens are going to be dealing with in this game. And uh, this... On top of all that, it puts the game even further in jeopardy. As you'll hear Jenna and myself talk about during this very show, 
Um, you know, the question of whether this game happens this weekend is now legitimately in jeopardy. Now, there are legitimate opinions out there that the the NFL won't let this game get pushed back any further. A, because if you push it to Monday night, then you got to push the Ravens game next week against the Cowboys to past Thursday night, which means you've ruined another primetime slot, and all because of one team. And the NFL, they don't want to not have this game because, again, that's ratings. And they don't want to push to Week 18 um, because then here's the here's the perspective on that. And I, I, I this is more of a hope, I guess, on, on the NFL. I hope that they realize by if they do do and if they do anything other than make the Ravens play this game on Sunday if they continue to test positive, um, if they do anything along those lines, all they're doing is saying to the to the rest of the the NFL, it doesn't matter if you test positive, it doesn't matter if you uh if you break if you break the rules, all we're gonna do is slap you on the wrist and you're gonna be fine. And that's what happened here. The NFL slapped the the Titans on the wrist. We talked about this on this on that on this very show. Um, when it happened, that it was ridiculous. They needed to have no mercy on them. They gave them a whole lot of mercy. And now the Ravens, it's been revealed, as Jenna will talk to you because she reported this, um, the Ravens' uh, the Ravens strength, head strengthening conditioning coach intentionally violated COVID-19 protocols, didn't wear a mask around the facility, didn't report when he was experiencing symptoms, intentionally doing things that were against the rules, against all the lines of protection that the NFL had afforded the, the players in, in the league to make sure that there weren't there weren't outbreaks, and now there's an outbreak on, on the Ravens. And it's just so crazy because now the Steelers have had to adjust their schedule twice uh, to, to accommodate teams who didn't follow the rules, while the Steelers absolutely followed the rules even when Ben Roethlisberger the team's quarterback that's been playing at the best level of his career when he couldn't practice all week the Steelers didn't make any fuss they just dealt with it let him practice let him do virtual meetings and then at the end of the week when he came back on Sunday he did a quick warm-up and then they came back out and they blew their opponent out that weekend so my person my personal opinion on this this team this game needs to happen on Sunday I don't I don't think there should be a forfeit I don't think it should be a, a, a canceled game this game should happen on Sunday. You isolate these, isolate these guys. If they're sp- still spreading on Sunday, they'll have to push it back. But if there's not a spread on Sunday, the, the, this, if there's not, if there's not any more players, players testing positive by Saturday, even if they test more on Friday, the, the key for me is, is is Saturday. If there's no players to test positive on Saturday, this game better get played because if it doesn't, then you're saying to every team in the NFL, um, it's okay. And on top of that, the Ravens need to be fine hundreds of thousands of dollars for for the for these issues the man who violated this rule and you know their strength conditioning coach needs to be banned from the league there, there should be a strong message to see to show that everyone this is serious you better take it serious because when you don't this is what happens and um it puts a whole lot of people at risk and on top of that the ravens should lose heavy duty draft picks not a fourth not a fifth i'm talking first second third all all should be in play right now the Ravens, they broke the rules. They got to pay for it. Um, so that's just me right there. All right, we're going to throw it to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have the entire show here. Um, we're going to do the first segment where, um, this, so, you know, the first segment we normally have where I introduce Jetta Harner. It'll serve as the, of what would have been the opening if this breaking news didn't come out. Um, and uh, that will be this, the second segment. And what I'm going to do is combine the pick segment along with our Steelers-Ravens prediction segment all into one thing for the final segment of the show. So 
uh, to, to just to make it clear, you're still getting a full show here. You just got an extra segment. It's just going to be a little bit longer today. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us at the Locked On Steelers podcast. We hope that you're enjoying the show. And I understand some of y'all are frustrated. If you're frustrated, you're not alone. Uh, if you follow me on on Twitter at Carter Critiques, I've been talking about it all week. I've been interacting with Steelers fans all week. You can also join other frustrated Steelers fans uh, who are you know, who are in the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, and we discuss we do discussing this every step of the way. Uh, there's 870 of us in that group now, including people who are guests on this on this very show. Do join the group as fast as you can. You'll be able to interact with all these other Steelers fans, other people that, that cover the Steelers. Um, it's a great group to learn from, to be part of, and to share with. We hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and with that, we're going to cut to our first break and get to our month uh, a message from our sponsor at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Sometimes I like to watch this season with a cold Pepsi when Ben Roethlisberger is throwing one of those touchdowns that he's thrown several times this year. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for Football Watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Hey, everybody. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. It's Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, This was supposed to be a recap show. Everyone was excited about that. Uh, But instead, we're getting you ready for the game this weekend, hopefully, and all the games this weekend. And, of course, I say we because I'm not alone on a Friday. Jenna Harner took her time to join the show today. Jenna Harner, of course, from WPXI TV, Channel 11 in Pittsburgh. Jenna, thanks so much for taking time during the holiday weekend. I, I know everyone's got a lot to do. You guys have a lot to do at the station. Um, just really appreciate you always making time for the show. I'm always glad to be here. Thank you, as always, for having me. But yeah, we were supposed to be talking Steelers recap, and now all of a sudden we're talking leading up to the Steelers game. I know a lot of people including myself, are really, really bummed that this game wasn't going to be Thursday night. Everyone was looking forward to that Thanksgiving matchup. That Thanksgiving night primetime showdown, and now it's moved to Sunday. It has, um, but, you know, we got to roll with the punches. Uh, I did a quick update episode yesterday for for all the Locked On listeners to check in just to get the details on it. We now are going to basically give you another set of updates here. So right now, as of this, at, the, at this moment, the game is scheduled for 1.15 p.m. on Sunday, still for Pittsburgh. Steelers still plan to wear their color rush jerseys. Um, but, Jenna, the – this is still not a done deal yet. This is still up in the air because we Thursday on Thanksgiving, more Ravens members tested positive. That's right. There's eight players as of Thursday, wow. eight players on the COVID reserve list, either because they have a positive test or because of that close contact, immediate contact. So there is a potential that th- some of these aren't all positive tests. However, we do know that at least the running backs, Shakey Dobbins and Mark Ingram, both did test positive. That was back, I feel, that was Monday, which feels like at this point it was ages ago. It does. Because this week has just been such a long week in terms of all of these developments and everything. And it's, you know, that ever-changing situation. Mike Tomlin has talked week in and week out about having to be light on their feet this season. That's something I feel like he always mentions, but even more so this year. And we're really seeing that with the NFL waiting as much as long as they could um, 
on Wednesday before deciding to call off the game. I think it happened mid afternoon was exactly around, mm-hmm. it was around one o'clock or so. And then kind of things started to spiral. We understood why we were hearing more why. And it's because of the fact that there continue to be positive tests. And that's the reason I know everybody wants to go back to the 49ers and Packers Thursday night game from a couple right. weeks ago. Um, and that was a very, very similar situation, except for the fact that on Wednesday, there were no new positive tests leading up to that game. And the NFL is doing all they can to basically stop and contain this outbreak among the Ravens before they play the Steelers. And again, it's tough because obviously we have to look back at, you know, this is out of an abundance of caution. They can play the game on Sunday. However, a lot of Steelers fans, a lot of Steelers players frustrated, angry, and rightfully so because of the fact that this is the second time this has happened to them this season. They've been on the other end of a team's COVID outbreak twice this season. It's messed with their schedule. It's messed with their bye week. It now messes with their quote-unquote mini-bye that they were hoping to have after uh, last night's game. And now, again, they have to play on Sunday, and then it's just it feels like a normal week when they thought they were going to get a little bit of rest here. Yeah, it, it just it continues to be a factor where the Steelers do what they're supposed to do. Other teams have their own outbreaks, whether or not that's through anyone's fault, though we are finding out that the Ravens did have a staff member. Uh, I believe as you were reporting, uh, it was a, the team strengthens uh, conditioning coach. Yes, correct. And we actually learned reported of um, the reports came out about his name. Um, later on Thursday night, it is reportedly their head strength and conditioning coach, Steve Saunders. And again, this is frustrating because they detailed the NFL detailed, or excuse me, NFL reporters detailed that he wasn't reporting his symptoms. He wasn't wearing a mask at all times. And he wasn't wearing the tracking device that all of the coaches, players, staff, PR people, pretty much team employees that are around each other all the time. He wasn't wearing that tracker that um, basically you can tell who was in contact with who. That's how they do all this um, contact wow. tracing in the uh, realm of COVID. So when you have three egregious, you know, things like that, it's yeah. hard to look at it and not be like, seriously, I would understand if it was, you know, completely someone that was asymptomatic and didn't know that they had it and then tested positive and then it continued to spread. That's something, unfortunately, as we're seeing across the world right now, you can't prevent. But the fact that He wasn't wearing a mask, wasn't reporting symptoms, and wasn't wearing this tracking device to an extent is just inexcusable on so many levels. It it, it really is, Jenna. It really is because uh, now the Steelers, again, are impacted by someone else. And, and, you know, this is different from just a mistake. Uh, Just a mistake is understandable. You know, you you get it from your kid at home and maybe you thought you didn't have it, but this is clearly a situation where someone could have taken more precautions, yet they didn't. Um, but just to be clear, so according to Dale Lolly, because he, he's been keeping up with this, there are, of the eight players that are on the COVID list for, for the Ravens, I know that John Clayton, a uh, former ESPN reporter, said that there's a chance that Ingram and Dobbins come back. I don't understand how that's a chance when they both tested positive. But of the eight, according to Dale, seven of those players have tested positive in Ingram, Dobbins, Pernell McPhee, Calais, Mc, uh, Calais Campbell, Matt Skura, Patrick McCarry, and Jahan Ward. Now, the only player that hasn't tested positive that's there as a close contact, according to what Dale's been reporting uh, from DKPittsburghSports.com, is nose tackle Brandon Williams. He could return if all goes well for him. But according to Dale, again, if they've, t- if they've tested positive, all these guys are out. And, I mean, you, everyone knows that the two running backs are there. Pernell McPhee, McPhee is an edge defender. Calais Campbell is probably the best player on their defense. Um, but what you got to look at here, too, Jenna, Matt Skura, Patrick McCarry, that's the number one and number two center for a Ravens offensive line that's been struggling for answers. In their place, if this holds up, would be Tristan Colon-Castillo, 
who's an undrafted rookie that would be starting in their place at center. And that is something, again, that the NFL knew was going to happen. That is the reason that they had these expanded rosters that you can call guys up from the practice squad. I believe it's 90 minutes before pregame, up to 90 minutes before pregame. So the NFL knew that this was going to be a situation, this was going to be a scenario that they may have to deal with at some point this season. This is why they planned for this. This will be very interesting. If this game does get played, you are having a rookie snap the ball to Lamar Jackson. And deal with Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu, and Stephon Tuitt up up the middle. I think that's a lot of things that are on that guy's plate. Um, but like we said, a lot of things up in the air. Uh, stay tuned for the Steelers practice report and for what the Ravens reports are all through Friday on social media. Uh, you will you, that those will determine whether or not the the teams can play. Also, I think coming out of this is of course the chance that Joe Hayden and Juju Smith-Schuster, two guys that were banged up from the last game, might get a chance to recover and play this game. So. With all that being said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's pick times. We're going to get through all the picks of the weekend. And then, of course, in the third segment, we'll predict the Steelers game. But before we do that, we got to cut to a quick commercial break. We'll be back right after this. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with our special guest, Jenna Harner of WPXI TV, Channel 11 here in Pittsburgh. Jenna, it's time for the Week 12 picks. And we've got a few interesting ones starting off. Uh, we got the Las Vegas Raiders on the road against the Falcons. Raiders six and four. Falcons three and seven. Falcons showing some steps, some steps up on the defensive side of the ball with Raheem Morris. But I, I think the Raiders, they, the way that they played the Chiefs, showed that they did not. They, they have not been some fluke performances. They do have some competitive advantages to them. I think Derek Carr does more than enough to win this game. I think so too, and I think everyone kind of pinpoints uh, Carr's interception on that last drive against the Chiefs. He, that was one of the throws like you he he would never make that throw unless he was trying to do what he was trying to do which was get the ball down the field in such a short amount of time and win that game so everyone points to that and it's like oh is Derek Carr really that good no the Raiders have shown what they are able to do this season and again this is also a struggling Falcons team we're seeing flashes of good flashes of they <laughs> they are the Falcons this year so I'm going with the Raiders on this one as well 100 percent moving on Three and seven Chargers at the seven and three Bills. I think this is a good survivor pick for a lot of people. I think the Bills at home getting getting the Chargers to come all the way out to the east. It'll be chilly. Um, and uh, the B- Buffalo, of course, they've been playing well this season. But two young guns in Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen. I'm going with the Bills. Jenna, do you agree? I do. I am excited for this quarterback matchup, though, and I am excited to see what Herbert can do against a defense as solid as the Bills, at least at this point in the season right now. Um, The Bills are coming off the bye week. They're coming off the bye after losing to Arizona the way they lost to Arizona. Um, So I think that that's just going to be something for them to get back into it. I mean, they've been, they've, from, you know, following, I used to be in Buffalo. So from following all (laughs) of my friends that are former reporters there, this team has been hungry to get back out on the field and to kind of wipe away that tough loss at the end of the Cardinals game and get ready um, as they continue to move forward this season. But I think this is a solid matchup. And I think that the defense is going to kind of take parts of what they did when they played against Patrick Mahomes, when they played against, um, Oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing when they played against Kyler Murray, um, those young ad drive quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do, but I like the Bills in this one. I like the Bills as well. Moving on to a lesser exciting matchup here. Three and seven Giants at the two seven and one Bengals. Normally, you and I are not on the Daniel Jones train, but nope. this is uh, Ryan Finley we're talking about on the other side here with a, with a beat up Bengals team. 
I think that there's a, it's a lot to ask for them to rebound from the Joe Burrow injury right now. I'm going with the Giants winning on the road. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. And this is tough because Burrow was putting together really solid things this season. We were kind of seeing, again, a rookie quarterback. You look what happens when your offensive line is not as strong as you'd like it to be. This is what happens. So it was tough to see him go down. We wish him all the best for sure. But I think this is definitely going to be a game that the Giants can win, a very winnable game for them, which I didn't think I would say that. And then in theory, they're still, if they win this game, they're still in contention for first or second place in the NFC East, which at this point is just, I, I, you just gotta laugh. You really is, just like, they yep. all still are in it, which is yep. just. Nobody's out despite everyone having uh, seven losses. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so many words, so many words. It's, it's not good. That's what it is. It's not good. This is not, and this football game is not going to be spectacular to watch by any means, but I think the Giants are finding some pieces. They're kind of putting things together. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is doing, some things that are okay so i think the giants will win this one awesome um let's go to um, uh what is one of the games of the week the seven and three titans at the seven and three colts uh colts came off a huge win against the packers uh philip rivers putting on a show uh the, the colts defense showing that they are formidable uh, the titans of course coming off a huge win against the ravens uh these are two teams that need to assert themselves here uh jenna who do you think has the edge in this game i think i gotta go with the colts and i think this is a little bit of a gut feeling for me but the colts defense has been very interesting to watch this season what how they're able to force turnovers how again against especially against the packers what we saw them do in that game and i think they started off slow if i believe i was like bits and pieces of it last night but they started off slow and then they scored 17 unanswered or um, yeah, that's what it was. It was just in, it was crazy. Is, is Philip Rivers doing above average this season? Do I dare <laughs> ask that question? <laughs> um, but I think the Colts, you know, are finding, I, I, keep, I feel like I keep saying, you know, finding out who they are. The Colts are un, flying under the radar a little bit here. I think not a ton of people have their eyes on this Colts team, but I like them more than I like the Titans in this matchup. Obviously, Derrick Henry, we know what he's been able to do this season. We know what he was able to do in the way that they beat Baltimore in overtime. But I think I just give a little bit more of an edge to the Colts in defense-wise. Tennessee is not fantastic on their third down defense this year, and I think that's something that hinders them a lot. So I'm going with Indy. I think I'm going with you there, too. I just think the defense played too well last week against a better quarterback. Um, I think they can stuff the run pretty well, too. Uh, yeah, I like Darius Leonard. I like who they have up front. And so I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be able to push his way around to get things going for this Titans offense. And uh, ultimately, this Titans defense isn't too impressive for me. So I'm going to go with the Colts winning this one in a close one at home. Uh, now, here's a game that, that could be interesting, but maybe not. 7-3 and three Browns at the 1-9 and nine Jaguars. Browns having their own COVID issues. Um, but the Jaguars going with Mike Glennon at quarterback. I'm still going with the Browns here, Jenna, but I just, ugh, like the like the I'd I have to wonder one of the are the Browns going to revert back into the proverbial pumpkin? And it's so wild because if you had told me at this point in the season, before the season started, at this point the Browns would be seven and three, I would have looked at you like you yeah. were crazy. Yep. By the way, seven and three without OBJ right yep. now. Yep. Um I I can't 
it's one of those they're not, they are finding ways to win games, but it is not pretty. Like last week against the Eagles, it was one of those games where you're like, seriously, somebody actually has to win this football game. You couldn't. That was one of the ones that should have ended in a tie, but just in terms of how bad of a game it was. Um, and the week before, what they did against the Texans, I mean, the Browns are eking things out, but they are not putting up a lot of points. And I just, this is, this is a game the Browns should win, especially from seeing Jacksonville last week. And now that Jacksonville is making the switch to Glennon, but I mean, you never know what could happen. This is not going to be a pretty game. I don't think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. And I think the Browns pull it out like they have the last couple of weeks. Moving right along, we got the Panthers at the Vikings. Panthers four and seven, Vikings four and six. Panthers going with a quarterback change here. But I think that the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, they've got enough firepower. Even if Adam Thielen is on the COVID list, I think that they have enough firepower to give the Panthers trouble in this game and win it with, with their ground game. Yeah, I do too. And the fact that, yes, they did lose to the Cowboys last week, that did take a little bit of air out of their sails. It did. But, I mean, overall, they, again, if, I feel like I say, you know, if they play the game that they know they can play, that's such a classic cliche there. But if they can play <laughs> that complete team game, yes, Adam Thielen's not there. Yes, that's going to be a little bit of a hole for your offense. But this is a team, again, that's beaten the Packers, that's beaten the Bears. This is a very winnable game for this Vikings team. Um, it's going to – I think this one will be close, too. The Panthers are also kind of confusing. It's one of those, like – I feel like both of these teams are kind of, like, not hot and cold in a sense, but just up and down. You don't entirely know what you're going to get out of them every week, so it's hard to, like, stick the landing and be like, this is the team that's going to win. But, hey, I'm going to Minnesota on this one. Moving right along, Cardinals at Patriots. Cardinals 6-4, and four, Patriots 4-6. and six. I know the Patriots upset the Ravens, but I just I got the Cardinals still. I believe in Kyler Murray and that offense. Even if Larry Fitzgerald's got COVID-19, they have the weapons on offense and they're dangerous enough on defense to cause Cam Newton enough problems. Yeah, I look at this as the offense versus offense matchup, and I'm taking Arizona's offense any day over New England's offense right now. I just don't think – it's interesting to see what Cam has done this season. We see flashes of pretty solid, and then we see flashes of – what are, you, what are you doing there kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the Patriots have been in some close games. Yes, they almost, you know, could have won or forced overtime against the Bills a couple weeks ago. Yes, they beat the Ravens. The weather, I think, was a huge factor in that. If it was not pouring as hard at the end of that Baltimore drive, who knows what would have happened. Who knows? Um, but I do think that the Cardinals um, are a more solid team overall. They have more offensive weapons. Kyler Murray has been playing great. Um, he seems to be recovering just fine from that, getting banked up a little bit against the Seahawks. Um, I'm going with the guards. I think it's a wise decision on your part. We once again agree. Uh, moving right along here, we've got the 6-4 and four Dolphins at the 0-10 Jets. I'm just – I don't even contemplate when the Jets are in the picture. If it's not another horrible, horrible team, I'm going with the Dolphins. I, I don't care if two is starting or not. They're winning this game. Yeah, and Tua, I did read reports that Tua jammed his throwing thumb. I believe it's mm. his left thumb. Is he a lefty or righty? Right thumb? He's a lefty. He's a lefty. He's no, a lefty. Yeah. That's right, because yeah. they did a whole – yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I was like, I think that's it. But um, he did jam his throwing thumb in practice, I believe, on Wednesday. But they said he's going to be fine. And, look, I think he needed the game that he had last week to get a little bit humbled. Obviously, He's a rookie in the NFL. I think he's a, probably a very character guy, a very humble guy from whatever he's described him as. But he did need that type of game to, you know, maybe be like, okay, 
here's what I need to focus on, here's what I need to work on, kind of pinpoint those things. When things are going so well, you want to continue to do that. And then obviously get the wind taken out of your sails a little bit. It's time to kind of reevaluate, look at things and find those areas of improvement. And I think this is kind of that perfect scenario for him to come back in and say, all right, I'm going up against the Jets defense. Let me tear this up. Let me get some of that confidence back and let's get back on a roll. Moving along here, we've got the Saints at eight and two at the four and six Broncos. Saints, of course, rolling with Taysom Hill. Um, do you think that the Broncos have enough to to sneak the Saints right here, even with with their backup quarterback? I still just I trust the the Saints defense to win this game when all when all said and done. So I'm sticking with the Saints. Yeah, I got instinctually it tells me to go with the Saints. I know we're not picking any differences here. Maybe I'll just say Denver for fun. Um, <laughs> well, we got some other ones coming up here, Jenna, that might be different. That's true. We do. We do. But um, I think with the Broncos, what we saw from them last week, pulling that upset off against the Dolphins, again, you're seeing some solid things that, you know, hey, this team can win games. It's not like they're kind of down and out from the count. But just as matchup-wise, I think the Saints are the better team on paper here, and I think that's why they should come out on top. I know it's just a classic answer, but I, I, I like the Saints here. Um, I like what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks. And, again, I think they're, they're the, they have the best record in the NFC right now, I think. I'm pretty sure um, they're sitting top of yeah. the NFC. So yeah. I, think, uh, I think they'll keep rolling. We got the mash unit of the 49ers at the 7-3 Rams. I'm just going with the Rams. The, the Niners are just way too hurt up right now. Yeah, the Niners are really, really, really banged up. And it's just, it's unfortunate, obviously, because of this team that they had coming into the season. And I feel like every single game, you see one or two guys leaving with some sort of injury that's longer than just a day to day type thing. Um, and the Rams have been playing decently well. I feel like I say that and then I'm like, what have they done in the last couple of weeks? Uh, but uh, from the glimpses that I've been able to catch in the last couple of weeks, I think they've been playing pretty well. Their defense, again, we know what that defense brings. Um, and, again, against the 49ers depleted offense, I think you're going to be pretty solid if you're picking the Rams here. All right, now here's a game that I think most Steelers fans will turn to to watch when the Steelers game is over. At the 4 o'clock, or the 425 game to be exact, you got the 9-1 and Chiefs on the road against the 7-4 and Buccaneers. This is another game that could be called game of the week. I'm going with the Chiefs here, Jenna, just because I trust Patrick Mahomes. But that Buccaneers defense intrigues me with all the players that it has and the athletes that it has, especially in the middle of the field with former Pitt player, former Pitt safety Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield, who's been exceptional at safety this year, Devin White, who's just a bad man at the linebacker position. But still, Patrick Mahomes and that offense, I think they pull this one out. But do you just, Is this where you disagree with me or are you sticking with it here? Uh, see, I instinctually, especially I love the question, you know, if you could take any quarterback in the league right now to lead your team on a two minute drive to win the game, how do you not say Patrick Mahomes? And it would yeah. be so funny because I think if you ask people three, four or five years ago, they would have said the quarterback on the other side, they would have mm -hmm. said Don Brady. So mm -hmm. I think that's, I'm excited for the matchup of these quarterbacks, but also Brady has been atrocious with deep balls as of late. I was reading, so I, I, the stat escaped me, but there's some stat with he's like, oh, for something outrageous in deep balls in a situation to put his team ahead. And it's just, it's wild to see a little bit of, I don't want to say the demise because God knows that he's not going to go on. <laughs> don't do it to yourself. To. <laughs> um, never, never the demise of Tom Brady because just, it's so hard to be like, oh man. And I hate to say that too. I really do. Um, but I think that I'm intrigued to see how Tampa Bay's defense plays against Patrick Mahomes, but I just would say that 
I have more faith in Kansas City's offense, just how diverse they are, how they're able to spread the ball as much as they are, all the weapons that they have. I like them in this one, but this is going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. And like you said, I think a lot of Steelers fans will have their eyes peeled on this. Let's do our last night, our night games real quick here so we can get to the break, Jenna. Old school rivalry, Bears at Packers, Bears 5-5, five and five, Packers 7-3. and three. I don't have the Packers losing at home, not to the Bears who are bringing back Mitchell Trubisky. No, and especially after the way the Packers lost last week, you know that they've been trying to wipe every inch of that uh, loss off of them because that is a very frustrating way to end that game. And again, they're a team that's very solid this year. They've had some fluke losses, but I think Aaron Rodgers comes back. You see him being a very bad man in this game. I just see him like flinging the ball at least, I, you know, three, four touchdowns from Rodgers. No question in this one. All right, now the battle of the birds. Seven and three Seahawks at three, six and one Eagles. The Seahawks don't have a defense, Jenna, but I'm sticking with Russell Wilson over Carson Wentz. Exactly. The Seahawks don't have a defense, but the Eagles have Carson Wentz. There's your answer. <laughs> I hate to say it in that sense, but just Wentz's decision making, especially in the last couple of weeks, has just not been solid at all. The fact that they were even in the Browns game to me shows how not great of a Browns team at seven and three they are. That's a whole other topic of discussion, but uh, I think Seattle's offense is way more complete than Philly's offense. And I think that's what's going to give them the win on Monday. Just an editor's note reminder here from Chris. This is the segment where we got the breaking news as it, we were recording that Lamar Jackson will be out for this game. So please bear with us as we make that adjustment. You'll hear when we react to that live on the show later in this segment, but Back to the picks. Jenna, it's time to pick this Steelers-Ravens game. Now, this is a very different situation than the last time these two teams faced. The Ravens only had one loss when they, when they faced. The Steelers were just a measly 5-0, and and now they're 10-0, and and they're on fire, and the Ravens are reeling. They've lost three of their last four, two, two in a row, uh, They are and they are hurt up all over the place. They're, like we said, they're down to their third string center. That's an undrafted rookie. They're going to be most most likely, unless some miracle happens that the that the NFL lets them get back players before the protocols are supposed to end. They'll be missing their two top running backs. They'll be missing Calais Campbell. They're going to be missing players all over the place. I just I don't see a way for the Ravens to win this other than Lamar Jackson having the greatest game of his life. And look at how he's played against the Steelers. I yep. think that's some, one of the most fascinating things to look at the stats he has against everybody else and the stats he has against the Steelers. And it's been interesting, especially this year, because teams are really starting to figure this Ravens team out, this Ravens offense out. And I think that's why everyone's looking at, oh, why isn't Lamar having the season he was having a year ago? You know, one, numbers are very hard to replicate like that. But two, I mean, teams are figuring it out a little more. Teams are scheming even more ways to stop him. And we, you know, saw the Steelers last game. At the beginning of it, they were like, you know, you kind of have to adjust to everything that Lamar is doing and then game plan around it. So that aspect of it is just so interesting to me. But, I mean, this Steelers defense (laughs) – The fact that this whole COVID situation happened and it fired up the Steelers even more than they were from this game, like, you know, you should be afraid to go against the Steelers defense on a normal Sunday. Now on a Sunday where you're supposed to have a game on a Thursday, you yanked away this extra rest. You yanked away this primetime game. You yanked all this away. It's, you know, this is just good luck, Lamar Jackson. Good luck, Baltimore's offensive line. Yeah, I think their offensive line's in trouble. And on the flip side, 
I, Jenna, and I, I've, been, I've been saying this. I, I did my Carter's Classroom for DKPittsburghSports.com where you can subscribe for $4.99 a month, $39.99 a year to get our Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, and Duquesne coverage. Um, but I did a whole breakdown of what Ben's been doing right with the passing game, how he's been on fire, on point, doing his thing. And I, I think that this is a game – where he might go ballistic just like the defense might go ballistic. He's been seeing the field really well. This Ravens team, you weren't you weren't in Pittsburgh when he threw six touchdowns against the Ravens, but trust me, I was on the North Shore in McFadden's, and I just remember fire coming out the walls with every touchdown pass as, the, as every Steeler was just losing their mind, people jumping on the bars. And I don't know if it's going to be like that because, of course, COVID's happening right now, but I do think that Ben Roethlisberger is – he's going to be on one today and his team's going to be feeling it, and I think the Ravens – they are they're in a lot of trouble and they're scrambling for answers. They haven't even practiced yet as of Thursday. I nope. think they're in for a rough day, rough day. And I think the Steelers are gonna whoa, go back whoa, to Whoa, whoa. Breaking news here. Lamar Jackson has tested positive. <sighs> Literally oh just goodness. saw that. Literally just saw that. Um, so that changes everything. Um Jenna, I mean that that's huge. And this was Kevin Ostriker, who was the locked-on Ravens guy, um, who came on this show. He tweeted earlier this week that he was scared that Lamar Jackson was one of those players. So he apparently his sources are correct. I just saw this from Dale Lolly. Um, so now I, I think this is a wrap. I think the, I think the Ravens are a whole lot. They're bringing out RG three. Maybe they get some some breaks there. But Jenna, this is huge news. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll end this quickly because you got to get back. You got to get to work. Um, just give me your score prediction and we'll, and, and we'll get you out of here. Now I'm going 31, 17 Steelers. <laughs> Not a question in this one. If Lamar Jackson's out, good luck. Good luck. I'm going 38, nine. I don't think they even get a touchdown on the board. I think it's a blowout without Lamar Jackson. That being said, uh, that's crazy news here. We're going to get Jenna out of here. Cause she literally this happened right while we we're recording Jenna. Thanks so much for being on the show as always. Please let people know where they can follow you and find more of your work. Thanks so much for having me. You can follow me on Twitter at JennaHarner11. We'll be following this story, having breaking updates pretty much for the rest of the weekend with just everything happening with the Ravens and the Steelers, this situation. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jenna underscore Harner, and you can catch us on WPXI. Again, if this game still does stand on Sunday, you can catch us um, – Starting at, uh, I'm doing math in my head. We'll have a pre uh, hour pregame show starting at noon. The game is at 1:15 on WPXI. We'll have an hour postgame show. All your postgame coverage. So be sure to stick with us. Join us. Uh, got a lot to talk about. Yeah, they're going to do a lot of pregame. If you're if you're living in the Pittsburgh area, if you're not living in the Pittsburgh area, check it out. They are on WPXI.com. If you're if you're not in Pittsburgh, if you're in Pittsburgh, just tune on turn on Channel 11. You'll find Jenna Albie, all, Doran Dickerson, all the guys. Be giving them giving you the preview you need. Jenna, thanks so much for being on the show. We'll have you again next week. And thank you to the listeners for sticking with us through today's show. We know that was uh, pretty hectic there with you know the breaking news, everything. We hope that you understand what we were going through. But hey, we got through it. Uh, you got your previews for the game, got your picks for the week, uh, breakdowns of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens situation right now heading into this game. Like I said, I do think they should play this game, but we'll see if they do. Whether they do or not, we will be here for you on Monday either recapping the game or getting out your frustrations about why this game wasn't played so either way we hope that you have a great weekend remember if you're enjoying the locked on Steelers podcast you can do a few things to help us out one subscribe to us on we're on apple spotify stitcher anywhere podcasts are hosted also leave us a five 
five-star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can leave a positive review. Doing so really helps out the show, gets the word out there about what we're doing here. And if you do that, if you leave a five-star review with a positive comment and I can catch you here, then I will put, give you a shout-out at the end of the show. This shout-out comes from the latest five-star review from Mike C35. Mike C35 says, keep it up. The best Steelers podcast and the best place for information and option. I'm a truck driver, so I I like that it's every day. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate your your support. If you want your shout-out, please leave us a five-star review. Don't forget, if you have have already done it, you can do it again, and it would just further help out getting the word about what we're doing here on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Stay safe out here. Wear a mask and uh, take care of protection, and hopefully we get to talk about some Steelers football on the Monday episode right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.